Welcome to the Australian Property Investment Podcast with your host, Aaron Christie-David. Each episode, we ask an expert to share their key insights for aspiring investors to make confident property choices. G'day, welcome back to another episode of the Australian Property Investment Podcast, where we're tackling uh, all issues related to, to real estate today, and uh, and we're all about helping investors make better property decisions. And I'm joined in the studio today by Andrew Headley. Mate, welcome. G'day, Aaron. How are you? Mate, I'm fantastic, thanks. Fantastic. Uh, for those that don't know, Andrew is a uh, a great guy, a wonderful real estate agent uh, based down here in Thrall, um, in a wonderful part of the world. <laughs> and I'm sure you know that because you're selling the real estate here Absolutely. as well, right? Yep. Um, yeah, but I guess from a personal Personal, uh, personal experience uh, when we've been looking for our family home, Andrew. You are one of those real estate agents that um, that live and breathe the real estate, and I guess the ethos, which is it should be enjoyable, it should be a wonderful experience. Yeah. Um, you follow us. You follow us up. For example, you check in, and it's not that that salesy experience that a lot of people maybe go through. Yes. And that's why I thought you'd be a great guest to have well, here today. Nice to hear. Yeah. Ah, excellent, mate. And um, and I guess what we really want to do is take buyers on a journey because I feel, especially in my conversations, um, very wrongly they feel like the agent is the enemy yep. and uh, and they're always kind of being hustled. Yep. Um, and I think what we're trying to do is you are trusted by the vendor to sell the property at the, I guess, the highest price possible. Sure, and, yep. uh, and I guess the part there is how do buyers actively engage a great real estate agent yeah. to get the home that they want. And that's yeah. kind of what we want to get out of our chat today. So Sounds good. How about we kind of start with a bit about your journey? Because I know you've had a great couple of years in real estate and, and seen a different, you know, few different parts of Australia. So do you want to kind of share a little bit about your, your background as yeah. well? I've, I've been in real estate for 13 years, yep. um, which started right here in Thoreau. Yep. It was a very different place back then. The idea of a, Tell us about 13 the, years going through because I only know it's a $2 million <laughs> suburb. <laughs> the idea of a million dollar sale was like, was out of this world. So yeah. it was a very different environment back then. Actually managed to start the career right at the GFC. So wow. started the career in a, in a market that was actually heading down. So yeah. very different. But, um, Seen a real lots of change in the market, um, yeah. some some real rises through that 2009 through to 2012 period, and then 2017-16. Yeah, um, and then uh, but but I've also had experience where I've I come back from Noosa, nice. so I was actually up in Noosa for a few years and did some real estate up there. So yeah. been amazing to see different ways things are done, but but really good to be back. Yeah, yeah, and I guess both beachside suburbs, right, in their mm. own, in their own right. So it's I true. guess I guess from your experience, like. How valuable is being close to the beach for a lot of families? Do you think? Well, it's interesting because I've I've actually always thought um, the Illawarra is undervalued. Um, yeah. So we're starting to see some really, you know, we just saw a six point three million dollars sale, which is now, I think, finally showing the beachfront sales of what the the true value of the area is. Because yeah. we're only we're only an hour from the biggest the biggest obviously the financial hub of Australia. Yeah. Um, where I experienced in Noosa, where you're two hours from Brisbane. Um, and uh, you're actually seeing $20 million beachfront sales. Mm. So uh, so I think it's finally growing up and being recognised for what it was. For a long time it did have a bit of the, the steel city sort of, uh, you know. Uh, working class. Working class yeah. tinge to it that sort yeah. of I think people didn't really understand truly what it offered, but it's amazing lifestyle down here. Yeah, great. Yeah. Perfect. I guess I want to get straight into it and go, right, with a real estate agent, you're dealing with multiple buyers that are coming yes. at you. And a number one question I'm trying to get our buyers to understand is how do you stand out in such a cluttered market? Yeah. So I guess from your experience when you're dealing with multiple people that are maybe calling, emailing, SMSing, whatever they're doing to, to get in touch with you about a property, yeah. how do the great 
or maybe the successful ones that go on to buy a property will get very close to the shortlisted ones. Yeah. What do they do to stand out, mate? I think the most important thing, I think it's really important to be upfront and really open about what you're looking for, particularly, you know, the, the details, the budget, and yeah. really seek out the agent at the open house. Um, so really introduce yourself and, and make it your, your mission to become known to the agent. So we, yeah. we really, Beautiful. we know that face. Um, which is contrary because people say play your cards close to your chest. Which exactly. Sounds almost counter, uh, counter advice, isn't it? Correct. Well, I think there's that classic. There's been for many, many years that idea where you said, as you said earlier, real estate agents the enemy. But um, these days, you know, it's so important to know uh, a lot's changed. And and if you know exactly what people are looking for, particularly when we talk a moment about off market sales, yeah, um, then we know exactly how we can connect people. The other ways I've seen people do it, they might even put together almost like a little dossier. They'll email through a one-pager about what their looking requirements are. It's fantastic. Or I would even suggest book a 15-minute appointment and say, look, if you've got 15 minutes on a certain day, I'd love to sit down in the office. Because if we if we know people from a face-to-face point of view as opposed to just another number in open house, it just changes the game in terms of knowing that person's requirements and who they are. Yeah. yeah. It's very much like how I taught people putting your best foot forward for a job interview. You yeah. do your research, for example, you send Correct. your resume, you, yeah. you engage maybe a recruiter, for example, and yeah. and, and so you, you're a known quantity as opposed to someone going in cold. Correct. Very much what you're saying, which is to stand out in such a crowded market, yeah. you've got to think and act and be different as well, isn't it? 100%. Yeah. 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 Perfect. There's another one that I think about when I'm talking to a lot of clients is by the time the property comes onto, say, the real estate or domain, yeah. you're now competing in an open market, yes. right? So I guess yeah. price is the only is the only negotiating tool. Yeah. But we know, I mean, for you, when you're doing your listing presentation with a potential vendor to get the property um, styled and f- um, photographed to the copywriting, you know, going online and then finally being listed in that pre-market. Yeah. Do buyers have an actual chance to get a heads up that maybe this property is coming to the market that may suit them, for example, before it goes on to real estate or domain? Yeah, there's a range of reasons why someone might go down the off-market trail. So there yeah. could be um, an owner might not want to do the work that's required. Okay. Um, they might have a situation also where they've found a place where they've got a really tight turnaround where they need to need to okay. um, sell. Um, it could be also where the agent said, look, I've got a bunch of buyers that would really suit. Would you be okay if I got you through for a week and sort of had a short time on market? So there are a range of reasons, um, or it could even be part of a strategy for an agent where it's like, let's, let's get through the hottest buyers and see if someone's prepared to pay the right price. Right. And then we won't need to go to full market. Yeah. So it could even be a cost saving exercise as well as, as not going onto the internet portals. Right. Um, same reasons as I said before is, it, if you, if you're known to the agent, if you've had that appointment or you've you've been to a, bu- oh, it's really important to get to get out to the open homes. Yeah. I get people ringing up and saying, "Look, I've just started my search, <laughs> and and I'm just wondering if I could be added to your off market list." Which which we do. We have an email out that we send out to people, but it might even be a matter of the uh, the owner might say, "Well, look, just bring a bring a handful of your best buyers, and we've got to be very selective about who we bring through. Mm. We're going to know people exactly what they want. We're going to know they're qualified." I mean, uh, and that's what we call a hot list. Those yeah. buyers have, have typically as well, they've actually missed out on other properties. Right. Um, and that, that genuinely really raises you up that, that list is if, if you're known, you've actually been in a situation, you've missed out on other properties. So we know that if you put, put you in front of the right house, you will perform and actually 
put forward an offer if you yeah. like it. Yeah. It's what I call active versus passive, right? There's there's people yeah. that are in the market 100% that are just kind of looking around, but if yeah. the right property fell on their lap tomorrow, they probably wouldn't buy it because one, they're not organized and two, Correct. they yeah. wouldn't know the right property if it kind of hit them in the face. But yeah. I, yeah, so that's where I'm really trying to move a lot of the, our buyers is get yeah. to that active phase, yes. which is know the agent, know that, make sure they know you exist. The next part really is then if they see the property that they love that you've got listed, yeah. how do they then engage you to go, I'm really interested in making an offer? Because that's yeah. again where people trip over, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because I've, I watch, um, it's, it's, well, you can see it happening at the open house. You can see who's spending more time at the home. You'll see yeah. those that buyers, like the classic case of someone's not interested, they'll hand back the brochure. Oh, right. They save the environment <laughs> and walk out. Say, okay, you're not, you're not, they're not in. Um, but then there's those, those people that you see spending a bit of time and, and, and then you can start to see them getting a bit nervous and anxious about what do we do next? Yeah. Right. Um, and that's where we like to just make that easy. We'll, we'll, we'll sort of see that they're in that position. Look, can I help? Um, and my best advice for buyers at that point, just seek out the, the agent, talk, ask about the process, ask about, you know, why is the owner selling, um, ask how they go about making an offer. And my response is always, talk to me now. Yeah, and so nice. in, in that situation, I'll normally take them to a quiet part of the house because we are seeing that people are literally know how quick it's going at the moment. You've yeah. got to be straight off the bat and making an offer at the open house yeah, in great. a lot of circumstances. And particularly at the moment, it's quite common for properties to be even sold by the end of a weekend. Right. So, so don't expect the phone to ring on Monday and say you're interested. You've got to be in straight away and make yourself know. Excellent. Yeah. So it's very much being proactive, like taking matters into your own 100%. hands. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the other part is to make a successful offer. Yeah. What are some tips that you see or ways that people do it? I mean, I talk to clients and I'm like, well, the language that you use, look, Mr. Agent, um, can I put a 10% deposit into the trust account on Monday? It's like that is very strong language that you're ready to go right yeah, now. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. How do you then take it? How do you someone make an offer? Is it to have to put it in writing? Do they give you a call? What is the next way forward once they like a property? Yeah. They want to make an initial offer. What happens? We'll, we'll always, it's actually fair trading guidelines to get in writing. So we'll always ask for it to be the best ways in, in an email. Right. Um, and, and, and also it shows a lot of professionalism and organization from the, from your, from the buyer. If the email really, if, you know, points out that, you know, this is who we are, maybe even a little bit about them. You know, this is our current situation. These are our full names. So rather than just be, hi, Mr. Agent, this is my offer. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty laid back. These, you know, our you're not taking names. them seriously, are you? Correct. Yeah. Well, well, you obviously take the offer that it's there, but you'll see someone who's really organised. I'm organised. I've got my finance approved. Um, I'm in a position to make it, make a, you know, put as you say, put money into the trust account at a certain time. Yeah. Um, this is the details of my solicitor. So, Great. so many people come to us and say, look, when they've made an offer, don't even have a solicitor. Yeah. So, it's really good to be that prepared to be in a position to make offers all those boxes are ticked yeah. and straight away you know you're dealing with somebody who knows what they're doing and, and you, you know they're, they're a good candidate because if it's a situation where you're going into a cooling off period, we want to make sure as agents that we're backing the right buyer because that's that's a, at risk. You've, you've taken the property off the market for five to ten days yeah. um, and and if that buyer doesn't perform and, and carry through, then then that's a real disaster for the campaign. And that's exactly what I want to go to next, which is what happens in that situation? Because I know that yeah. we have clients that 
the agent says, no, it's not subject to finance, so you don't have a cooling off period. Yeah. And you sum what they call a 66W. Yeah. Whereas some agents are happy to give a cooling off period. Yeah. Um, what happens in that situation where someone's finance falls through or they, they pull out on the purchase and now you've got to release the property? Like, yeah. what is, people think, there's a problem with the property as opposed right. to not being privy to knowing that someone's finance fell through. Yeah. So yeah. how do you then handle those conversations and how do you bring that up without kind of spooking out the buyers perhaps? Well, fortunately, it's really rare. Yeah. It's really, really, really rare that we have actually don't think I've ever had one in my career, but you do hear of them happening. Yeah. Um, as always, you know, or you could have other situations where, you know, someone's decided to, to pull out because they didn't like the building and pest report. Yeah. Um, the most important thing in that situation is transparency. People will immediately have their antenna up and think, you know, what's going on here? What's wrong with the property or what's wrong with the process? So um, the important thing is just to say, hey, look, this is the situation. Great opportunity for you now. Um, Somebody was given the opportunity, but they unfortunately didn't have all their cards in in a row in terms of finance. So the building and pest, uh, I've seen quite the. Before clients used to organise their own building and pests, I guess with yeah. the market being so hot, you can't have yeah. 10 yeah. different building and pests in the reports. So, yeah. so it's pre-done when you come through the house. That's right. And then the question then is, well, is this prepared by the agent and is it omitting any information? Yeah. The building and pest is done by a third party. Do you want That's to right. share how that process yeah, unfolds? It's, it's amazing how in my career I've seen it being from the buyer that gets it done um, yeah. for themselves and we would have that situation certainly pre-auction where you might have you know, three or four billion pests <laughs> being done. And then eventually it re- we realised as an industry that it was smarter to get it done and provided to buyers up front. It yeah. meant you could have you could actually manage that process. It meant more more inclusion for buyers because they were they were comfortable with now outlaying five hundred dollars to have a bid at an auction. Yeah. Um, and now the latest version that's come about, which is quite smart, is that you pay the the building pest company does the report. This is what, what we've been working with. Uh, they actually will do it at a $50 charge to the vendor. So it's not a big barrier of entry for the vendor to get it done. Uh, And then the buyer pays $50 to download a copy. So I think that's been a good advancement as well because for a while – buyers would do a building and pest report before seeing a home yeah, um, and then judge the home based on, I had one buyer ring up and say, look, um, I like the property, but I'm not going to go, go and see it because it's got moisture in the bathroom. I said, well, we've got to, <laughs> we've got to put a <laughs> car before the horse. Yeah. I want to see if you like the property first and then and then deal with if there's issues that are there. Yeah. Um, but the latest way, uh, $50 is, is the investment a buyer needs to make. And if they're successful in buying the home, they've signed a contract effectively when they sign up and pay over, they put in their credit card details, yeah. that they actually have to pay for the report, the balance of the five or $600 when okay. they buy the house. So that system's working amazingly. Yeah. Um, so really low barrier to entry if someone likes a home, wants to make an offer to spend 50 bucks. Um, and uh, the company that we use is, we, we it's, it's actually quite, um, thorough and, and almost tough on properties because then that that gets buyer confidence up that it's Absolutely. fair. It's not we're trying to hide anything. And we know that buyers get to see those reports and know they're thorough. Solicitors are confident in them yes. for their clients as well. So it's important from the industry that those 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 reports are, are done with, with complete transparency. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. I guess with auctions being such a hot everything's going to auction or yeah. a lot of agents like to take properties to auction, for example. Yeah. In your mind, what is the reason that you would take a pre-auction offer, for example, or be open to it in your experience? 
Yeah, look, once again, there's a, look, there's a range of scenarios as to why, um, you know, you might even see, you know, now as you see the forthcoming auction is a, is a term. Um, right. that generally is saying, well, we don't haven't set an auction date, but we're seeing if the process creates what we're looking for is that, is that premium result for the vendor? Um, why would we take a pre-auction offer? It's, it's normally if there, there can be buyers who just do not like the auction process. And, and their goal is to say, well, I, I don't want to go to auction or, or I want to avoid the competition of auction. Yeah. I'm prepared to pay a premium. So there's no point giving an average offer yeah. and saying, hey, Mr. Vendor, take the property off the market and, and with all the competition interest, if someone's going to secure prior to auction, they've yeah. actually got to perform and put it forward a really strong offer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which then leads us to price guides, and it's probably one of the hottest issues at the moment. Yeah. Um, you call it underquoting. You, you can call it well, the market's paying what the market wants to pay. For example, yeah. Um, so I think there's a couple of things we'll go through this with a few questions, but legally, right? I mean, you've gone and done your, your, your vendor presentation pitch to win the the, the the listing, yeah. And in that, you've got your price guides, and then the price guide, and then I guess what the vendor wants, and then I guess the number that you're kind of setting is maybe somewhere in between that uh, perhaps as well. Yeah. So talk me through what is the process behind the price guides and then yeah. what the vendor is willing to accept? Well, it's a really it's a really interesting it's gray area. area. <laughs> it is, um, but it's certainly really clear guidelines. And yeah. um, essentially when, when we go and appraise a property, so we actually will we'll go and do an appraisal on a property yeah. and if we win the business, we'll actually sign an agency agreement and on that agency agreement, we have to put what's called an estimate of selling range. Yeah. And that can't be any more than 10%. So that's a 10% range of where we see the value. Yeah. Um, then there's three ways you're allowed to price guide. You're either allowed to price, basically quote that range or quote a 10% range. You're allowed to quote the bottom figure and quote, but you can't say above anymore. So that's okay. been outlawed, but you're allowed to quote that bottom figure. Or you're allowed just, or basically no figure at all, where it just says contact oh, right. agent yeah. on the price guide. Um, realistically, though, it does need to be still that range where the vendor has agreed to say, well, yes, I'm comfortable with that range. Yeah. Um, so it can't be something where you're quoting and the vendor wants 20% up here. That effectively is underquoting. Yeah, right. right. So even if you've appraised the property down here, but the vendor has disclosed they want higher, you need to actually quote a price that's within 10% of where the owner will accept. Yeah, nice. Um, where I think where it's getting a bit murky is that um, what what some agents are doing is is going basically doing a uh, the first week, say we don't know what the price is going to be. Um, they'll actually sit down, they'll get price feedback, sit down with the owner and perhaps even bring back the price um, in terms of the price guide and lower it to say this is the buyer feedback. So it actually yeah. shifts the game in terms of it's not necessarily what you put on paper, it's what the buyer feedback is and that's quoting a, creating a little bit of that sort of sense of under-quoting. Yeah, right. um, the important thing is, look, it's a real real tricky one for, yeah. for buyers. Um, the best thing is to just be really, uh, really know your market. So if you as a buyer have been out there looking for a while and you're you obviously are well-researched, you in a short-term period are the expert because us as agents, we don't through, walk through, you know, the, the 10, is, 10 yeah. open houses on a Saturday because yeah. we're doing our own open houses. So as a, as a short-term expert, you should know where the, where the quote sits in terms of a guide. Perfect. I guess the other one when we do it, people, is I rang the agent and she or he is saying the got offers here, but I don't know if it's real or not. Mm. And I have to say, look, 
actually it's, they've got to have a very real offer if they're going to say it. So can you talk to us about what the legislation really says around if they've already got an current offer at the moment yeah. and, and how that works as well? Look, it, look, it is. I mean, in terms of um, if we're going to say that there's been an offer, um, there needs to be a, a genuine uh, written offer yeah. um, so that you, you can't go and sort of make up offers. So that's the biggest fear um, buyers have, that, yeah. that we're, we're, we're creating this fictitious offer to create competition. Yeah. Um, we've had buyers in this current market ask us to provide evidence and, and we're quite happy to do that. So yeah, right. what, what we've actually done is because we've had all our offers in it via email, print the offer, white out the, the actual buyer's details and say there's the written evidence of the offer. Unreal. Um, so you can call out the agent on that and say, look, hey, I, I, I want to trust you, but is it okay if I actually ask you, could you prevent, present it to me in writing? Yeah, nice. Ask the question. It's great. It, yeah. yeah, you might as well. But um, it, it, in, terms of, in terms of actually um, disclosing offers, um, you – a lot of you know you can go one of two ways. You can say, "Look, uh, I, I can't comment on where the offer is at. I can tell you ballpark." Yeah. We, have, we, as an, we have an agency actually choose the method of just being complete transparency because mm-hmm. it just allows where buyers sits. Yeah. They know exactly what they're working with in terms of price. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Now, I reckon we could talk for quite a few yeah, hours yeah. on this because yeah. um, this is the real bottleneck. I think you look at pre-approvals, for example. We see them people that are coming through open homes. Yeah. Um, they talk about the shortage of properties that are on the market at the moment. I think we even had a chat earlier, which is everyone thinks it's great to be a real estate agent at the moment, but listings is where you, that's your life, that's your lifeblood. Correct. But we're down yeah. on listings at the moment. Yes. Why do you feel that is the case at the moment? Uh, that was, that we're seeing kind of not enough listings coming on perhaps. Yeah. Listings have been down for, listing volume has been down for a few years and there's yeah. been this general environment where we've been in this, um, for a number of years, this is pre-pandemic where um, we've been told to save money, bunker down, um, and so generally that's that people following through because it's quite costly to, in terms of changeover costs, yeah. generally to to buy in terms of stamp duty and then obviously to sell in terms of agent fees, solicitor fees, etc. You're talking about a hundred thousand dollars typically in terms mm. of changeover cost. So that's one of the key reasons. And then then there's that concern about getting getting stuck um what if i can't because there's it flows on it's like a domino effect if yeah. there's no more stock what if i get stuck and can't find anything yeah and then the rental market's tight <laughs> so if you you have a family with a couple of dogs um yeah. then also you're like well what happens then yeah. so it is that's one of the reasons why you just you, you actually get all this uh, pressure on the market and it just stops um changing that's where obviously there is talk about um, changing stamp duty legislation yeah. that would free people up to say well, it's easier to move yeah. because it's not so costly. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, mate. Thanks very much. Yeah. So I guess it's like any parting words. So when you're talking to people that are making offers, for example, people coming through open homes, once you're yeah. meeting, I guess what's your your parting wisdom to them to say, look, buy a property, engage in the agent. Uh, what's what's yeah. what's best in class that you've seen? Oh, I think the, the key is to... Um, probably what I said earlier, just be really open and transparent because it's not about um, if someone talks and shares with us what their budget is, it doesn't mean they're going to pay that for a property because we know they're savvy enough that they're going to have a budget for a certain property. Yeah. Um, so open, open and transparency is key. Be really, really organised um, is another one. So so we know, as I said, who we're backing yeah. um, as the right people to actually put in front of a vendor in terms of an offer um, and enjoy it, have fun. I mean, I think... That's the other thing. Don't take it so seriously. (laughs) 
um, we can have, we yeah. have a lot of fun at our at our open I homes. I can vouch um, that. Yeah. And once we've had a bit of that fun, you break the ice and build that rapport. Yeah. Um, it's not salesy. It's just going, hey, look, mate, we're spending our Saturdays yeah, here. It. We might as well have a bit of fun that's while we're spending it. our Saturdays trudging around. Right. Hundred yeah. percent. So so then suddenly you see that sort of other side to people's personality. Yeah. Um, and when you build that rapport, you actually want to help people. So, yeah, I agree, mate. And yeah. I think that's that's definitely that ethos of helping is where you guys have kind of shone in the market as well, mate. Thank so you. credit to you guys and, and Kane at, at One Agency and Thoreau. But, mate, I want to say thank you so much for your time. Been a pleasure. Um, mate, I probably have these conversations uh, 90% of the day. So I think for people that are, that are having a chat to us, I might have a listen to a great agent um, and kind of take take the words of wisdom from, from Andrew as well if you're looking to buy. Um, be proactive is kind of what I'm hearing as well, mate. So thank you so much. Pleasure. I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you, Aaron.